to getting salty, baby. Yeah, here's the getting salty. Hello, dear Snurs. <laughs> Welcome back, dear Snurs, and thank you once again for tuning in. <laughs> we were trying to come up with like a better way to abbreviate listeners. Because what did I say? I we were trying to come okay. up with a better way. <laughs> it's like 30 <laughs> seconds ago, and I already can't rem- like remember what I abbreviated. That led me to Snurs. Just Snurs. Oh, more F. More <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Talking about putting some effort in. I was like, oh, I'll put in some more F. I'll put in a little more F for, for sure. The, for the Snurs. For the Snurs. <laughs> Oh boy, we've already lost control of the episode. <laughs> and that's it for this week, folks. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Goodbye. Nighttime, nighttime. <laughs> Listen, we are, after today's episode, we are closing in on our season finale. <laughs> we've barely been able to keep it together, season two, for you guys. But season three is going to be absolutely unhinged. Just completely unhinged. But that's okay. That's why you come back every week. It is. Deli- I'm delistening. Delistening. Delaney. <laughs> I was about to say I'm enjoying a delicious juice from the pre- the Juice Press Inc. The Juice Press Inc. Not sponsored. No, but they are local. Well, they are local, and we both yeah. got we picked up a juice when we went grocery shopping. We needed some more vegetables in our bodies. It's true, and we made a huge mistake of going to like a boutique grocery store together, and we were like, oh, oh well, I guess we'll buy everything. We just need like one of each little thing. Father, when can I go out in the world on my own? That was us, and we're not allowed to go in the world on our own. (laughs) Well, we uh, bought like four packs of high chews. Exactly. Um, Before we get into our recip and topic of the episode, first old business. So, which is just I want you all to prepare yourself because what you're about to hear—the revelation I'm about to—you're about to poop your pants. You're about to poop your pants. So uh, exciting times, everybody. Kirk Tilly did listen to last week's episode. Which is about the Bermuda Triangle. Which was about the Bermuda Triangle. The Lake Ontario Bermuda Triangle. Yes, the, what was it, Marysburg Vortex? Yeah, the Vortex. Yep. Um, as I said in the episode, I figured that my dad would have something to say. You know, that is a couple topics that are near and dear to his heart. You can count on Kirk to always have something to say. It's true. <laughs> and uh, by God, he really said something because... He fucking delivered. Moments after he finished listening to the episode, he called to inform me that I have apparently flown through the Bermuda Triangle in my life, which is an astonishing revelation to me. Um, my, what were his exact words? I think it was something like, why didn't you mention that you've flown through the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, he uh, was just insistent that I remembered this. I, guys, I'm going to be totally honest. I do not recall this. I and think this is probably because the magnet bubbles yeah, or yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Lava. <laughs> yeah, whatever that came out, of, it, it's still your memories. Yeah, exactly. The but, aliens. Uh, you know, I was in fourth year university. My parents took me and my sister on a trip to the Bahamas. And I, I will say, at one point, we did have to take a very tiny aircraft from the main island in the Bahamas, which is Nassau, to uh, the island where we were staying. And, you know, the weather got pretty dicey, but at no point in time did anybody tell me that we were actually in the Bermuda Triangle. I think I would have been a little more freaked out than that. That's probably why they didn't tell you. And I believe that is why they did not. Especially My mother could not have known that. She would have been... Jane would not have allowed... Oh, Jane would not have let the plane leave the tarmac. Like, she was not happy about that plane ride. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, I kind of get it. Read Bermuda Triangle and... Uh, Yeah. It's like, I just uh, let my, I better go find my six-year-old in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Basically. When you guys were halfway through the flight, you also saw the ghost of the we ranger. also saw the ghost of the ranger. Uh, anyway, so, yes, he also wanted me to inform the listeners, uh, the snurs, the <laughs> that he, he himself has never flown through the Marysburg Vortex in Ontario, but apparently it has more of an effect on boats than it does on planes. Don't like it either way, Kirk. Sorry, Kirk. Don't like it Doesn't either way. Check out. Can't, cannot abide by, nope. by land or by sea, By Kirk. land or by sea. By air no. or by sea. I cannot allow it to continue. Not at all. No. Anyway, so that was the highlight reel for everybody. But, um, you know, after all my uh, squawking and pontificating last episode, <laughs> it's quite... 
quite humbling to realize that I, I myself have been through the Bermuda Triangle. It's like almost just like perfect. And we're like, who knows? Who knows what could happen? And you're like, I was there and I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. You're a survivor. It's honestly like it's really hard to live with sometimes. But like it is my cross to bear. It is. Here's here to inform people what it's like yeah. on the other side. Fuck. I made it. I made it through the Bermuda Triangle. Felt like I was a shitty t-shirt. And I have come out anew on the other side to like way too do this new. podcast <laughs> with you. You got a factory reset. Is what happened. The year I met you though was the year. No. I uh, if Kirk is to be believed, I, I allegedly mean, flew through the Bermuda Triangle in March directly into my arms. And <laughs> and this means like and you and I met I believe in September or October that after that. Is, we can like pretty reliably say the Bermuda Triangle brought us together. You know what? Put it in the obit. I'm ready. Oh. oh. <laughs> when I die, I want that in there. Listen, I've been crafting my own obituary for years. <laughs> Anytime something fun or exciting about me happens, I'm like, put it in the obit. Write it down. Write it down. Yep. I'm just, uh, I haven't thought, I don't know. That's I just okay. want, I want, I kind of want to have my funeral before I die so I can listen to all the nice things everybody <laughs> wants to say about me. Oh my goodness. And I, a celebration of life when you're like on death's door. I'm down. Yeah, but I also want like really dramatic music that everyone will cry. And I have like a dream that someone's been taking really cute, like beautiful footage of me my whole life mm. that will be shown in like a, you know, right before the wife is kidnapped montage of a movie. Oh. Everyone will be like, wow. Oh my God. So brave. Yeah. Incredible. Oh my God. What a life. It's just going to be me standing in various spots going, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, bud. Well, shall we uh, Shall we reveal what we are making today? We I think we should. Yeah. Should I put some olive oil in here? Um, actually, not quite yet because today we are making uh, Allison Roman's most recent newsletter recipe. It's a soup and a salad. It's a soup and a salad. It is, uh, what is the official title of it? Let, I me, think let me take a look here. I thought it was, thought soup it was and a salad. <laughs> something like that. The name of the newsletter is certainly soup and a salad. Let's but see what here. the title of the soup is remains unknown to us. What we do know is it has classic, uh, classic, what was it? Al, Alan Allison Rome, recipe. Alan Roman. Elements. Alan Roman. Is that what we called Fuck. the last one? Yes. Uh, good friend Alan Roman. <laughs> okay, it's called chicken soup with escarole, lemon, and parmesan. We are subbing curly kale for escarole. Because uh, I don't know where I can uh, We don't even escarole. know what that fucking looks like. And I uh, we don't have it here. We surely don't have it here. Um, but one of the ingredients in this recipe is uh, cooked chicken. And so we are going to poach some little chicken breast real quick and then uh, get the pan ready Let's to go it. for the rest of our ingredients. Get some water in here. Get some water and some salt. How do you like to, uh, do you just do just to cover? Or do you have a specific? Um, I mean, these guys are, these oh, breasts me. are cut pretty thin. So yeah. I think we can do just to cover and that way it'll, uh, see, it'll come up to a simmer Here's faster. Pan. Oh, Put them in there. And I think, I mean, really, the Bermuda Triangle kind of led us to the next topic, which we did mention we, last week. We episode. did even mention it last week, and I think yeah. that's. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> the Triangle, blessed be, blessed works be. in mysterious ways. Yeah, maybe it was <laughs> the triangle. deity of our podcast. Oh, it was uh, what? What was her name? What from uh, the Christmas episode? Oh my God. The um I wanted the to ogress. Say, what was yeah, her I wanted name? to say Yalta, but that's Yalta. <laughs> no, no, the Yalta conference. Um, Gryla. Gryla. Okay, Yalta's not that far. <laughs> you were yeah, you were close. Okay, well, <laughs> little order. Little order. For that. Oh, Are you gonna nothing, use some of the new salt? Obviously, oh. nothing's less appealing than wet chicken breast in water. I gotta say. Yeah, it's chicken breast what? itself is not. It's not the nicest to look at. Rest. That's yeah. okay. Not there my favorite. No, but we're going to make it work. Okay, so the salt yes. we got. In <clears> not the, that uh, one. Nope, yeah, the one this in the... Guy. It is a peppercorn grinder, a spice grinder. I don't know what the official name is. Okay. It's a rosemary... Lemon. Right. Salt that my very good friend Katie made for me for Christmas. Mm. Oh, wow. Look at her go. Yum, yum, yum. Delish. All right, we're going to let that simmer and I'm going to start chopping up uh, onion and garlic. We're going to be, as soon as the chicken is poached, um, I'm going to transfer to a plate, which then I'll shred afterwards. Then we're going to put 
Yeah, chicken and the garlic, a little bit of anchovy paste, because Alan Roman. It is Alan Roman. Uh, yeah, right back in that pot with some olive oil, so stay tuned. And I but, have one uh, thing to say to you about today's topic, my lord. What is it? You have to stamp it down. You have to stamp it down. <laughs> That's right, kids. Atlantis. Atlantis. Both the, the movie lost city and, and the lost, lost empire. I want to watch that again. Oh my god. One of, I think, the more underrated Disney movies because. Is it Disney? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no, it, it is, is Disney. Is. But it came out, if I'm not mistaken, it did come out around the time that, um, like, the road to El Dorado and Sinbad were kind of becoming more popular in the sense that, like, they were still really fun and embodied the spirit of Disney, mm-hmm. but the comedy was a lot smarter and a little bit more nuanced. Mm-hmm. And so, Atlantis kind of comes in, trying to fit like that category, which is I think yeah, they're trying to yeah, they're trying to compete with El Dorado and. Well, they put like like, like a sexy femme fatale in a Disney movie, like oh, the, literally the, at the beginning the villain? of the movie, yeah. the like the, the henchwoman, yeah. yeah, what's her name, like Elsa or Olga or whatever. I think it's Olga. She's literally waiting for him in his in like a dimly lit and study. She's like, Milo James Thatch, and then there's like this jazz music playing in the background. <laughs> and you're just glad like, we both what did is that. Happening? <laughs> Should I take that sound bite and replace our theme music? Yes, please. Just her... Yes, please. Um, and I... Have we had, like, a proper conversation about the movie Atlantis before? No. Aside from the fact that we both really like it, but... What's not to like? What is not to like? I distinctly remember movie. seeing the trailers before I saw the movie and thinking that it was going to be, like, really scary. The Leviathan scene is still very scary. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Listen, we know, we established, also an extreme fear of dark water. Yeah, I don't want to know, like, there's a lot of stuff down there that seems scary. Yeah, like in the ocean for realsies. For realsies, for realsies. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, and that movie, that did not abate any of my anxiety about dark water. <laughs> no. The thing about, and also, like, the opening sequence is a little scary. When, like, the tsunami, essentially, like, the wave oh, yeah, comes. yeah, like, takes over And Atlantis. takes the whole city down, aside from what's in the bubble, honestly. Oh, so. literally. Yeah. Yeah, and the so magic. So I didn't, didn't love that field. as a kid. <laughs> no, well, you know, nobody likes tsunamis. Uh, no, not at no. all. No, 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 nobody's on board. Nope. <clears throat> Did you know Michael J. Fox? Is the lead voice in that movie, though? I did. Oh, I did know that. He has a very soothing voice. Yeah, that was, like, kind of around the time that, like, Stuart Little... Remember when Stuart Little... I fucking loved Stuart Little. Did you really? I loved Stuart Little. Oh, I did not like it. I thought it was kind of corny. Oh, okay, well... But I liked the books. I loved Stuart Little. But maybe I was too young to, like, appreciate them. The Borrowers? (gasps) Yeah. My mom was really big on The Borrowers. Yeah, Stuart Little, The Borrowers. Did you ever watch, uh... What was it called? It had Nathan Lane Nathan and a mouse. It was it was called it wasn't called Mousetrap. It was a uh, it was Nathan Lane and his brother. Okay. This is not this is totally off topic, but now I need to Google it. It was Nathan Lane. Oh my Lane god, and his you brother. say Nathan Lane. I literally just spent these last three minutes thinking you were talking about Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, no, I'm thinking Nathan Fillion in America. I think it is Nathan called Mouse Trap. Mouse Mouse Hunt. Oh Mouse Hunt. Yeah, okay. Mouse Hunt. So it's Nathan Lane and um, Lee Evans. Lee so Evans, they're not sh- aged to a point where we. I, I don't really know who Lee Evans is. You'd recognize him. Um, oh, so their their dad. So they're brothers, mm-hmm. and their dad was a uh, like a string magnet. So okay. like he ran a string company. This was the cover. Did you? Oh. I watched this movie over and over. I don't know if we ever had over. that movie because, like, here's the thing: if our local blockbuster wasn't carrying it, I don't think I would have ever had it on my radar at that age. I don't know why I did. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I think my dad had it. Okay. Um, Del like he, coming yeah. in with some interesting. Well, but choices. he always had weird, like Milo and Otis. That was another one. Milo and Otis, I was very big on. I watched it, like so. He had Milo and Otis, this one, and they were just like VHSs yep. of these films. But anyways, they the mouse. They're basically they're trying to get the mouse. Okay. Um, because it's causing all, I guess all sorts of problems in the string factory. Because they want, I don't know if they want the money, I don't really remember. Anyways. I love that it's a string factory. But this little mouse, mm-hmm. kind of has, it kind of has like a ratatouille sort of energy vibe. where the mouse is just, he's just being cute. Yeah. 
doing his thing. Anyways, in the end, him and Nathan Lane end up opening like a restaurant together. Him and the mouse. Him <laughs> and the mouse. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. Oh my god. Of Nathan Lane with this little mouse. They're both wearing chef hats. The first time the creators of this movie ever saw Ratatouille, they're just fucking pissed. <laughs> Look at that. Oh my god, that mouse is so lit. Look at the shitty oh, Photoshop. Poorly animated. Yeah, but I just remember being like, oh my god, this mouse. This is the best movie that's ever, ever existed. And I love Nathan Lane. I also love Nathan so, Lane. So, I <laughs> not if that this. Nathan Lane could have played anybody in Atlantis or done any of the voices, who would he be doing? Um, like, which of the characters would you say? Could he do Mole? No, I feel like that would take the character of Mole away because Nathan Lane's so, like, gregarious and Mole is, like, gross and weird in I the know. best way. Okay, wait, let me just read you this. Um, first of all, it was directed by Gore Verbinski. Why does that name sound so familiar? I don't know, but let's find out. Okay. Uh, I don't know what he directed. Bioshock? I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, when their string magnet father, Rudolph Smuntz, Smuntz <laughs> dies. Snurs. Snurs. Did you hear that? Smuntz. Uh, when he dies, brothers Ernie and Lars Smuntz move into his decrepit mansion, struggling to keep a promise to never sell the now unprofitable string factory. The brothers decide that restoring the house, the, la the last built by a famous architect, could bring them a great deal of money. But during their restoration attempt, Ernie and Lars are continually frustrated by a malicious mouse that keeps destroying their efforts. Oh, God. A oh, Christopher Walken is in it, yeah. What? Yep. This movie is getting crazier by the minute. It's such a bizarre... It's such a great movie. Anyways, but I think he would voice in Atlantis... Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane would voice... See, I'd want I can see him voicing Milo. Really? Yeah. Interesting. See, I was going to say, he would be a fun foil for, like, Marge. <laughs> or not Marge. Um, She always talks to Marge on the phone. She's like, Margie, I'll have to call you back. Yeah, Margie, I'm going to have to call you back. The, like, smoking receptionist? Yes. Oh, my or, God. Or, like, Morse code operator Ooh, or whatever she is. You know what? Nathan Lane could play the eccentric billionaire. <gasps> there we go. I mean, all due respect to John Mahoney, one of my favorite TV dads of all time. Yeah, but, but I mean, Nathan Lane would be a great eccentric billionaire. Yes, I mean, yes, that's essentially what he was in The Producers, anyways. Yeah. Or could have become. Are you flipping? Yep, I'm flipping the chuck Sounds good. I'm almost um, done with the aluminiums over here. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so, the movie, Atlantis. A story about a, a plucky young guy named Milo James Thatch. Milo Thatch. Yes. Whose grandfather, what was his name? Thaddeus Thatch? Yeah. Something like something that. Something like that. Was a. Sounds particularly Disney. Celebrated explorer <laughs> who was on a quest to find the lost city of Atlantis. And Milo, you everybody know. Everybody thought he was a bit of a, a Everybody thought he was a bit crazy. And uh, into his 20s, his grandfather's passed away. Milo hasn't given up the dream and is approached by an eccentric billionaire played by John Mahoney. Who invites him on a quest to find Atlantis. A well hero's journey, if you will. Yeah. And uh, we meet a, a ragtag group of cut-ups. People who each bring an individual skill to the expedition. So you've got your doctor. Sweet. Joshua Sweet. Medical oh. officer. Very, very appealing. Joshua Sweet's very appealing. Yes. You've got Gentle your... Gentle giant. Uh, Gentle giant, yep. You've, you've got, got your, your scrappy young mechanic. mechanic. Um, is it Rosie Perez? I think it yes. is. And then the random <laughs> ammunition obsessed guy. Oh my god, that guy. What was he? Vinny. Vinny, yeah. <laughs> and him and Mole are make like. Make it go boom. I make it go boom. <laughs> and him and uh, Mole are like best friends. Mole is a strange little Frenchman. Mole who's... is he, uh, is he, um. I think he's a geologist. Yeah, I was about to say, what is the work? The study of rocks and yes. dirt. Yes, he's a geologist. Yeah. So obviously they had to bring him. And yep. he just has really weird little goggles. And the first time you meet him is when Milo goes to get into bed. And he and says, you disturb the dirt. Because you have disturb the dirt. He has little piles of dirt from various places that he tucked into bed for. <laughs> just for a little nap. Just for reasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, who else? Then there's the leader guy who's the classic, like, American GI. I have a fun fact out there for all my listeners. James Gardner does the voice of the villain, the 
army general. I forget yeah, what his name is. Yeah, he looks exactly like the guy who's in Avatar. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, James Gardner, one of the roles he is most famously known for is he plays the older version of Ryan Gosling in The Notebook. I've never seen The Notebook. Damn. I know. Congratulations. I don't know how you managed to avoid that after all these years, yep. you know, being a, being a cis woman. <laughs> I I've just never, never, never watched it. I see, I see. Not interested. Nope. So now it's just kind of a thing where I'm like, nah, I'm just not gonna. Uh, yeah. Alright, that chicken looks poached to me. Sure does, and you know what, even if it's not, it's going right back into a hot pot of broth, so. We'll eat it raw. Well, okay. Even if it's not, we're just gonna go for it, because that's what we do here. That's what we're about here. Okay, gonna get rid of that chicken water. Get, get that chicken water down the sink. I am, I am gonna get that chicken water down the sink, thank you very much. You are so All right. Oh, she's hot. So I guess. Okay, turn this down. A little with olive the, oil. Oh yes, um, olive oil in the pot, pot, please. All right. And I will have uh, the onions and garlic ready for you in just a moment. Scooch more. Here we go. Perfect. All right. So yes, um, the lost city of Atlantis, uh, portrayed in this Disney film that we enjoyed a lot growing up. I don't think I've ever really encountered Atlantis as represented in oh, other it's like forms you've of never been to Atlantis? Oh, okay, Shocking. Well, don't hold me to that because I also maybe you have. the impression that I hadn't been to the Bermuda Triangle and I had so. Maybe you have. Okay, this maybe. is like nice and cooking already. This is quite warm. Oh, so okay. Sounds We're good. ready for your garlic and onions. Sounds good. All right, here we go. It smells so good already. Oh, uh, yes. Can I smell so that garlic. <laughs> I so rarely cook with like a whole onion or like more than one clove of garlic just because I typically cook for just myself and it's very satisfying to have like all of it piled up like this. I suspect that perhaps you're a vampire. <laughs> I watched Twilight the other day by the way. Get you in the R-Pats mood for, uh, for Batman? For Batman. That is one I want to see in theaters. Yes. We were talking apparently earlier really about good. the... Apparently it is really good. Apparently it's more of a... Um, Psychological thriller. Yeah. And less of a superhero movie. Yeah. All right, All right, but so anyways, Atlantis. Atlantis. We're getting yes, sidetracked. yes, yes. Okay, just before I start shredding the chicken, let me give you a little bit. Give of me some like real Atlantis. Some real facts. facts about a maybe not real place. I, it's a real place, right? It's real. It's okay. real in my heart. It's real. Okay. Okay. So, as per our favorite website, Wikipedia. Yeah. Or as some other podcasters say, Wikipedia. Do you say Wiki? Or Wiki. I say Wikipedia. Yeah, same. Okay. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> and Carta. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Atlantis is a fictional island mentioned in an Turn it allegory. Off. No, of, oh, absolutely okay. not. This is clearly not reliable. In an allegory on the hubris of nations in Plato's works Timaeus and Critias. Okay. It's a Where, favorite of mine. <laughs> my favorite of Plato's works. <laughs> yep. Uh, wherein. Atlantis represents the antagonist naval power that besieges ancient Athens, the pseudo-historic embodiment of Plato's ideal state in his work, The Republic. This is already so academic. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Classic. Wikipedia. You and I thought it was just going to be disjumps and doubt for 45 minutes. <laughs> it's disjumps and doubt. No. 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 Okay, so in the story... Athens uh, repels the Atlantean attack unlike any other nation of the known world, supposedly bearing witness to the superiority of Plato's concept of a state. The story concludes with Atlantis falling out of favor with the deities and submerging into the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Too long didn't <laughs> read. Uh, basically, Plato imagined a like perfect ideal version of Athens and then wrote a story about how it would literally... It embarrassed another like, nation, it embarrassed so, bad. Another nation <laughs> so bad that the gods were basically like, y'all may as well just like drown Sink into the ocean. <laughs> you ever get so embarrassed to just drown yourself in the Atlantic? <laughs> God. Okay. Fellas, is it gay to drown yourself <laughs> in the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean after embarrassing yourself in front of a fake oh, ass? Honest to God. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So, despite its minor importance in Plato's work, the Atlantis story has had a considerable impact on literature. It sure has. Because here we are in 2022. Doing literature? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the allegorical aspect of Atlantis was taken up in utopian works of several Renaissance writers. Ooh. Such as Francis Bacon's New Atlantis and Thomas More's Utopia. On the other hand, 
19th century amateur scholars misinterpreted Plato's narrative as historical tradition. I hate it when that uh, happens. I would say interpreted it correctly. <laughs> well, we was like, what is the opposite of uh, misinterpret? Yeah. And um, Plato's vague indications of the time of the events more than 9,000 years ahead of his time in the alleged location of Atlantis, which is in quotes, beyond the pillars of Hercules. Yeah, it's not very specific. That's usually where how I like get myself around is by where the pillars the pillars of hercules yeah so i'm like okay okay, so okay so if i just go left beyond the pillars of hercules i should should be fine yeah i should end up there so yeah so the combination of these two things gave rise to a lot of pseudoscientific speculation as a uh, as a consequence atlantis has become a byword for any and all supposed advanced prehistoric lost civilizations and continues to inspire contemporary fiction from comics books to films okay Okay. What? I don't, I don't buy it. It was it real. Don't buy it, it was real. All right. So, present-day uh, philologists, philologists, what and clocks of philologists. All right. I'm going to give you a definition. Yeah. Hang on me, to your hat. Hit me with what a philologist. Philology is. is the study of language in oral and written historical sources. Okay. So, like maybe deciphering dead languages, okay. etc. Sure. Um. But uh, philologists and classicists agree on the story's fictional character. So a lot of historians do not believe that Atlantis was a real place. Okay. But there is still debate on what served as its inspiration. (gasps) The real Atlantis. The real, real Atlantis. Plato is known to have freely borrowed some of his allegories and metaphors from older traditions, as he did, for instance, with the story of Gyges. Uh-huh. I love the story of Gyges. Another favorite of mine. But uh, this led a number of scholars to investigate possible inspiration of Atlantis from Egyptian records of the Thera eruption, the Sea People's Invasion, or the Trojan War. So maybe it's possible that Plato, again, where the story itself was fictional, just picked his favorite parts of other ancient civilizations and put them together. Plato. I know. Plato is crazy. Oh my god, Plato is so crazy. (laughs) Um... Okay, so location hypotheses. I oh, like hit this. me. Because from now on, I think we're just operating on the assumption that, like, it could be real. Um, 100%. Yeah. I, I believe it. So before we get I'm into I'm an Atlantis those, truther. Um, let's see where we are in our recipe. Because those, uh, those onions, those onions are, onions nice are sizzling. They are. They're um, not brown, but they're getting translucent. When you see them start to toast a little, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm going to leave you responsible for adding some anchovy paste. A little paste. The old paste. Oh, see, I should have bought some of this for me because I never want to get the tinned anchovies because they always go bad before I use I know, them. No, because once you open the tin, you can't close it. So. Nope. And red pepper flakes, but okay. Once how much? To, to uh, toast a little. How bit. much paste? Um, you know what? Feel it out. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe enough for at least one fillet. Okay. Yeah. Because you and I feel like a little chove, not a ton of not chove. Not a lot of chove, but a little chove. Just a little. Just like a. And um. If you need to add any more olive oil, feel free. Yeah, I think I might. I think I might give it a little, a little slosh, a little drizz, you know. A little drizz. A little drizz so for the snares. And oh, I'm yeah. going to get started shredding the chicken. If like, <clears throat> what would you do if they just found Atlantis one day? I would read every article, every book. Like the idea that there is a lost, sunken civilization somewhere, and that they were more advanced than the Aztecs and more like technologically savvy than anyone else at the time. Like that would like, be so Like I would crazy. need to be sedated. That would be so fun. But I mean think that about would it. be so fun. It would be so fun if you oh had God, to be sedated. It would sedated. be so fun if we it'd be so fun if we discovered a lost civilization. <laughs> I just you have to wonder though, right? Because I mean think about how intense it must have been when like all of the Egyptian artifacts and stuff were found. Well I mean or like people any didn't of have the a meso American oh my empires. Yes. Like I was in um, Honduras mm-hmm. and went to Roatan. Whoa. And like I was just blown away just even being there. Yeah. The vibes off the chart. Incredible. And they, um, they recently found some really old, uh, was it Roman artifacts? They uncovered something in London recently. Oh yeah. I read about that. Um, there was a big BBC article about it. It was mm-hmm. the, um, oh, it was those little pots. Oh, remember the weird, they were like little, they were little pots. Oh, anyways. yes, yes, yes. Anyways, also very interesting where I'm like, see, I feel like there's enough stuff that we discover on the regular 
that we didn't like, know about. If something's buried pretty far into the ocean, like, we're getting close. And, like, we don't know anything about the ocean, which, again, stresses me out so much. But like, what we do don't know what's down there. We don't know what's down there. For all we know, Atlantis could really be down there. But that's the thing. So I'm like, we don't know what the, what the landscape beneath the ocean looks like. We don't know and how I think much it's changed. There are straight up mountain ranges down there. We don't know what's in those valleys. And something that, that's very cool, I think, that was an interesting element of the Disney version of Atlantis, the Disney movie, is that they only find that air pocket by total accident. Yeah, because the Leviathan chases them. Because the Leviathan chases them. Like, they don't actually find it based on the trajectory they're planning on going. Nope. And if you think about, like, sheer dumb luck, there's probably, maybe not, like, cities and air bubbles under the under the water, but... Yeah, but maybe there are. <laughs> but maybe there are little crevices, etc., where old artifacts are sitting, just, like, sunken. But that's the thing. Like, right? They, they found casks of wine and like yeah. all these roman stuff sunken sh- all these roman stuff <laughs> all these like sunken ships that yes. still have perfectly preserved artifacts in them i don't know i feel like there's still so much we don't know about everybody that came before us yes and we don't know shit about the ocean which again i don't care for there is something to be said, though, about um, humans' absolute fixation and fascination with, like, lost civilizations. Because remember, like, uh, all the fucking stuff about El Dorado? Well, City of gold. City of... <laughs> Ooh, Cuba. Cuba. Listen, ever, if you've ever even been on our Instagram, you know how much we love El Dorado. We love El Dorado. Not just the movie, but the legend. Yes. And the trail we blaze. <laughs> But the things, yeah, like, it still could be there. Who knows? Absolutely. But, like, we f- people find out, like, I don't know, we find these, like, cairns and these, you know, Stonehenge-esque sites that are still yep. undiscovered. Like, fucking the UK is littered with that shit. Oh, I know. It's so fascinating. Because they've so been around history. forever. Yeah. You know? I don't know. All right. It fucks I'm me almost, up. I'm putting uh, a little chove paste in here. Yep, get the chove paste in there. The chicken's almost fully shredded. And then, yes, I will get into uh, possible alleged locations if we are to this is not coming out. believe the pseudoscience behind the legitimate legitimacy. I got there. You did get there. I, I did. Okay, come on. How are you doing there, bud? I don't know what's going on. It may be re- oh, there we go. I didn't poke the cap down all the way. Nope. But I'm good now. That little top lid there is going to need to be rinsed off a little bit. Oh, yeah. No worries. Woo! Pungent. Sure sure is. <laughs> Anchovy paste, again, we uh, we always know what's coming when we do an And Alan yet Roman. every time it surprises me. And yet every time it packs a punch. That's okay. We're, we're melting it into the onion and garlic. Yeah, and it's going to melt down completely. So if you have any, <laughs> any stirs at home have reservations about using choves. It's, it's better... Once the smell goes away, it's manageable. Yes, the umami off the charts. Okay, and then we're gonna put a little chiles. Chile flakes. Little chile flakes. You like it moderately spicy here? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that was perfect. Good. Great. Do you want to put that chicken back in? So um, your this? We are gonna do that once we add the broth. The broth. The broth. So what's right. gonna happen right now is we're gonna make sure that all of the anchovy paste gets melted down into the oil. Then we're going to add the chicken broth with the chicken and bring to a simmer. And then I'll have some parm ready for you. Okay. Well, this is all melted down. Amazing. So we're pretty much good for the broth anytime. All right. Our concentrate. The concentrate, yes. Delicious. So we're using about one part concentrate to two parts water today. My rose water. And I will be adding some water to the pot. That's sizzle. And mm. David, if you could actually put the lid on the pot so that it could begin to simmer, <laughs> that would be absolutely helpful. Absolutely. <laughs> I can do that for you. I Thank can do you. that. Thank you. It was not a request. Oh! <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Put the lid on. Get that Boom. going. All right. Okay. Let's talk. Atlantis locations. Let's do it. Are we ready? Okay. Yes. All right. So 
There have been dozens of locations proposed for Atlantis to the point where the name has become a generic concept divorced from the specifics of Plato's account. Well, okay. So kind of has watered down over the years to mean, as we said before, lots of ancient civilizations that have been lost to man. Okay, so this is reflected in the fact that many proposed sites for where Atlantis is are not within the Atlantic at all. Even <gasps> though, again, in Plato's original story, it gets submerged into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So, let me see here. Alrighty. Few today are scholar uh, scholarly or archaeological hypotheses, while others have been made by psychic or other pseudo-scientific <gasps> yeah, means. Oh, that's boy. what I want to hear about. So, um... Do, do, I want to know what the psychics say. Many of the proposed, uh, proposed sites share some of the characteristics of the Atlantis story, water, catastrophic end, relevant time period, but none has been demonstrated to be a true historical Atlantis. So, first location suggested in or near the Mediterranean Sea. That's pretty broad. Some of the historically proposed locations are in or near the Mediterranean Sea, islands such as Sardinia, Crete, Santorini, or ancient Thera, uh, Sicily, Cyprus, and Malta, land-based cities or states such as Troy, uh, uh, Tartessos, (laughs) and Tantalus. Which is near uh, Turkey. Tantalon? Um, yeah, Tantalon? Atlantis? Oh my god. Upper Tantalon? Um, Israel, Sinai, or Canaan, and Northwest Africa. Okay. All right. So the Thera eruption dating to the 17th or 16th century BC carved uh, a large tsunami. <laughs> what? <laughs> it carved a large tsunami. <laughs> it caused a large tsunami that some experts hypothesized devastated the Minoan civilization on the nearby island of Crete, further leading to further leading some to believe that this may have been the catastrophe that inspired the story. Okay, so the Minoans okay. were the Atlanteans. Yes. In the area of the Black Sea, the following locations have been proposed. Bosphorus. Sorry, I don't know why I found that funny. <laughs> Bosphorus. <laughs> and, and Coma, a uh, legendary place near Trabzon. So, again, Bosphorus. this could be just... This could just be more places that gave Plato inspiration when he was writing the story. I too would be inspired by Bosporus. Yes. Others have noted that before the 6th century BC, the mountains on either side of the Gulf of Laconia were called the Pillars of Hercules. (gasps) Okay. And they could be the geographical location being described in ancient reports upon which Plato was basing his story. <gasps> the mountains stood at either side of the southernmost gulf in Greece, the largest in the Peloponnese, and that gulf opens up onto the Mediterranean Sea. So, okay, that's crossing off a lot of things on the list there. Yeah, I know. It sounds so like saying. we're on to something. Um, if from the beginning of discussions, misinterpretation of Gibraltar as the location rather than being at the Gulf of Laconia would lend itself to a lot of concepts regarding the location of Atlantis. So Plato may have not have been aware of the difference. Um, the Laconian pillars, they opened up to the south towards Crete and beyond which is Egypt. So sounds, sounds legit. It's, it sounds good. And putting the Thera eruption with that tsunami and with all that... You can't forget you to get that tsunami it, in the mix. It caused a large it's tsunami. Crazy. It did. It caused a large tsunami. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah. So the Thera eruption and the late Bronze Age collapse affected that area and might have been the devastation. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are you sketching? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I just stretch my back. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to call attention to it on the air. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> sorry. When do you, when you put the chicken right. in? This is bubbling. Oh, yeah, let's throw the chicken in now. Um, all right, let me try the sentence one more time. <laughs> I'll put the chicken in. You focus on Bosporus. Yes. So, again, one more time for everyone in the back. The Thera eruption and the late... <laughs> <laughs> the late Bronze Age collapse. Oh, my God, I can't talk. Both of those things affected that area and might have been the devastation to which the sources used by Plato referred. Significant events such as these would have likely been material for tales passed down from one generation to another for almost a thousand years. Okay, I got through it. One more time, the abruption. The the abruption. One more time, the abruption. All right, I'm going to add a little bit more broth and water to this. Give it a little more juice. We want it to be pretty brothy. 
Give me a little more. Just a scooch. Just a scooch more. Oh yeah. Here we go. Okay. So those Swimming. are all those are all the very very real reasons why if Atlantis was a real place, that's where it would it be. It would be in the Mediterranean. Okay. It's a nice location. Yes, uh, we have both been there. Very nice. Oh, I fully was like, no, I haven't. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the Mediterranean is my Bermuda. <laughs> Struggling. Um, okay, so going to where it could possibly be in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, so the location of yes, yes, of Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean has a certain appeal given the closely related names. <gasps> Wait, what? Atlantis. Atlantic. Oh my god. Whoa. That's wow. crazy. That that's, is wild. That's pretty crazy. Okay. We need um, a Philip. What are they called? Philo- Philological. Philologist. Philog- philologist. Philologist. Someone needs to explain the abruption to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Struggling. Uh, all right. So popular culture often places Atlantis in the Atlantic Ocean, perpetuating the original platonic setting as they understand it. Because, because of course, that's how Plato described the location in his story. He, right. did, he did say it was in the Atlantic. Uh-huh. So the Canary Islands and the Madeira Islands have been identified as a possible location, uh-huh. but in relative proximity to the Mediterranean Sea. So, so even if so... it's Atlantic, it's Mediterranean. Yeah, that's one thing. Okay, I can respect um, that. All right. So detailed studies of their geology have been demonstrated. However, they have been steadily uplifted without any significant periods of subsidence. Okay, what? I'm getting into it. <laughs> Getting into I, a like, sentence that I, I did not understand that sentence at all. Oh, it's okay. Sorry, I read to the end of this very, very academic sentence. Um, uh, the long and the short of it is that uh, studying the Canary Islands, the Madeira Islands, based off of a lot of geographic and geological factors, um, it doesn't seem likely that they would be a place that Atlantis could have settled because by now we would have we would have found it. We would have found it. Yeah. Unless it's being protected by aliens. Oh my god. Well, that's like the, the other that's bubble. the other thought. The fancy bubble. The bubble that saves them. So various islands or island groups at the Atlantic were also identified as possible locations, notably the Azores near mm. Portugal. Similarly, cores of sediment covering the ocean bottom surrounding the Azores and other evidence demonstrates that it has been an undersea plateau for millions of years. So again, we would have found it by now. Um, let me see here. Do, do, do. Now, this is interesting. Mm. In 2004, <gasps> Swedish physiographist, oh boy, Ulf <laughs> Errol Erlingsson, good old Ulf, um, Ulf. Prof- Ulf, he proposed that the legend of Atlantis was based on Stone Age Ireland. What? Yeah. No. Listen, this was in the movie. L- listen. Listen. Okay. Cores it. So he later stated that he does not believe that Atlantis ever existed, but maintained that his hypothesis, sorry, maintained his hypothesis that its description matches Ireland's geography with a 99.8% probability. Okay, so he's saying it didn't exist, but if it did, it's Ireland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he might, he, I think his argument is that the inspiration for Plato could have been Ireland. When would Plato have ever seen I Ireland? I don't know, Delady. I don't know all the answers. Ray, I need to know. Tell me right now. How did Plato know about Ireland? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> the last uh, last location that I'm going to touch on that could possibly be, okay, would be some locations in Europe. So, we already started talking a little bit about the Azores. Atlantis is Germany. Uh, yep. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so several hypotheses place the sunken island in northern Europe, including Doggerland in the North Sea and Sweden. <gasps> so Doggerland, as well as Viking Bergen Island, is thought to have been flooded by a mega tsunami following the Sturegaslide of about 6100 BC. So That's again, like horrifying. really, really early days, natural disasters going on. Don't like it. I mean, a mega tsunami? No, that makes that me really straight scary. up want to poop my pants. I don't, don't like that at all. Nope. nope. Okay. So some have proposed that the Celtic Shelf is a possible location. And again, that there is a link to Ireland. You were <laughs> looking at me with such skepticism. <laughs> I'm writing it down. How did Plato know about Ireland? Yeah, for Questions real Questions that need 
answers. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, no. In 2011, mm-hmm. a team working on a documentary for the National Geographic Channel mm-hmm. um, claimed to have found possible evidence of Atlantis in southwestern Andalusia. Spain? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the team identified its possible location within the marshlands of the, uh, oh boy, the yeah. Doñana <laughs> National <laughs> Park. In the area that was once the Lacus uh, Ligustinus. <laughs> I actually said that right, too. <laughs> it's just that you were like, what's, what's the uh, Lacus that would be that would be very close to Seville. If I think that's probably the most commonly known province in that area for most people. Okay. All right. Um, and they speculated that Atlantis had been destroyed by a tsunami, Ugh. extrapolating results from a previous study by Spanish researchers published four years earlier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But most Spanish scientists have dismissed uh, this like team's speculations, yes. um, claiming that they are sensationalizing their work. So <laughs> They're hyping themselves up. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I don't want to be dramatic, up. but we're, we found Atlantis, though. <laughs> Hey, yep. And it wasn't in Ireland. Oh, oh boy. Uh-oh. Um, a, a footnote in the uh, location section on the Wikipedia article. So for other locations suggested, other than the three big ones I just went over, several writers as early as 1974 have speculated that Antarctica is the site of Atlantis. <laughs> Another, What's going on? <laughs> a number of claims also involve the Caribbean, such as an alleged underwater formation off of a peninsula in Cuba. The adjacent Bahamas, or the folkloric Bermuda Triangle, (gasps) have also been proposed as well. Oh, she's back. Sure is. She back, baby. All right, so we are going to uh, take a quick moment here to get the rest of the soup on the go. And uh, when we come back, we will be doing a first taste with you guys. Obviously. And uh, to close the conversation on Atlantis. Yeah, which is going to be me. Coming back with hard evidence, Atlantis is not in Ireland. Not in Ireland. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She's honky, and by God, she's tonky. (laughs) By God, she is tonky. Be rooting, be tooting, and most of all, be be shooting. (laughs) But above all, be kind. (laughs) Okay, this looks so good. We cracked an egg yolk on top. We've now mixed it in. <laughs> so it's nice and creamy. Yeah, it's got that lovely silky sort of look to it. It does. And then what else did you put on top that? What was the paste? So um, the paste that I put on top is uh, a really common condiment in a lot of um, Korean and Japanese cooking, I believe. It's called chili crisp. Mm. So it's a, a paste made out of fermented soybeans, chili flakes, I believe a type of red pepper. It's not overly spicy, but it does just give this like absolutely fantastic crunch. Yeah, it was like crispy when you were moving it around. Oh, thing. it's very good. And it makes us super colorful. Yeah. Okay, are All right, ready? First sip. Here we go. I'm just going to lift this because... Mm. Oh, yeah. Anything lemony with Parmesan and chicken. I am... Mm. Um, all over it, man. Got that nice depth from the mm-hmm. little bit of choves. Yep. And then, yeah, that chili crisp. Woo-hoo-hoo. That is delicious. Mm. That is really, really good. Alan Roman, you've done it again. Another Alan Roman egg yolk recipe in the, in the bag. <laughs> in the bag. Mm. If this recipe has ever lost, would be as great a tragedy as... <laughs> The loss, the loss of Atlantis <laughs> to the sea. <laughs> to the sea. All right. So, very quickly, just before we wrap up here, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to see if there was any other like well-known representations of Atlantis in popular media. I feel like. I feel like it should be in one of those weird new, you know, the gods of uh, Egypt movies that they made with, like, Liam Neeson. <laughs> yes. I feel like it should be in those. So, I mean, the first time Atlantis was ever brought into, um, like, movie culture, like a movie storyline, was in 1936. Wow. Uh, the film Undersea Kingdom. 
Uh, Unga Khan seeks to conquer Atlantis and the surface world. Okay. Okay. Then, in 1959, the original version of Journey to the Center of the Earth oh. features explorers who are trying to reach the core of the Earth, coming upon the remains of Atlantis far below the Earth's surface. Interesting. All right. Um, and then, Atlantis was uh, the star <laughs> of its own feature film, 1961. Atlantis, The Lost Continent, was a science fiction film in which Atlantis is ruled by King Kronos, who is manipulated by a wicked sorcerer. The storyline was one of the Titans. I think he was, yeah. yeah. Um, the storyline concerns events leading up to the total destruction of the fictional content of Atlantis during the time of ancient Greece. Oh, okay. And kind of getting more into pop culture that we would be more familiar with. So, I mean, in 1989, uh, Disney's animated film, The Little Mermaid, yeah. um, the kingdom that Ariel is from is called Atlantica. Oh, right. Yes. I always think it's called Atlantis, but it's not. Um, there is a uh, 1994 film called MacGyver, Lost Treasure of Atlantis. Stop. <laughs> you need to watch that. Um, of course, 2001, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, the Disney animated is vehicle. As far as I'm concerned, this is the only Atlantis The only film. one that matters. Um, and of course, 2003, Atlantis Milo's Return is the direct-to-video sequel. There's always a direct-to-video sequel. Oh, always. Mulan <clears throat> 2, Beauty and the Beast 2. Um, interestingly enough, in 2018, a little film come out, come out called Aquaman. A little film come out. <laughs> here, here, this film here come out called Aquaman. With the cars of a large tsunami. <laughs> And um, the story revolved around Aquaman's quest to become the king in an attempt to thwart his half-brother. Uh, Cronus? Uh, no, King Orm. Orm? <laughs> king Orm. Oh, okay. <laughs> his plan to unify the seven Atlantean nations. In this film, Atlantis is featured as an ancient lost civilization with technology-advanced society that had existed for more than 50,000 years. In the film, the fall of Atlantis is a consequence of... Oh boy, here we go. Mm. Atlantean King Atlan. Oh. His attempt at weaponizing the powerful Poseidon's trident. <gasps> yeah. Rookie mistake. And, uh, oh boy, in an episode of American Dragon Jake Long. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Fu recalls going to Atlantis in his time-traveling misadventures in which he, oh god, accidentally unclogs a drain causing Atlantis to sink. Maybe that's really what happened. Yeah. Maybe so, the Minoans yeah. accidentally unclogged the wrong drain and yeah. boom, there you I go. Mean, Sink to if, the bottom of the Atlantic. If it's an American Dragon Jake Long, then you got to take it as gospel. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Great, uh, Lord. Any, uh, any final thoughts here? On no, any final thoughts I had were destroyed by American Dragon Jake Long. So <laughs> <laughs> it's American game over. American Dragon. <laughs> no! <laughs> Well, oh, guys, um, that was Atlantis. That was Atlantis, and very exciting. Next week is our uh, season finale. Season finale. We have something very special in store for you. We do. We do. It's really exciting. <laughs> so please tune in, and then we will be on a, uh, a brief hiatus. Yeah, we'll tell you guys all about our big plans for the hiatus as well. Yeah. Later.